You're listening to episode 11 of the STEM Space. Do you praise your students? Well, Natasha is back with us this week to share her insights from grad school about how not to praise in your classroom. Welcome to the STEM Space, hosted by Vivify co-founders Claire and Natasha. Two aerospace engineers turned educators, sharing our passion for all things STEM. Check us out at vivifystem.com. Hey, Claire, how's it going? Hey, good. What'd you learn today? Another great day in grad school. Um, So for any of our listeners that are, this is their first podcast, I just got out of class. I am a master's student in the, um, in science education, basically, curriculum and instruction with an emphasis in science ed, trying to learn all the things about how to be a better science engineering teacher. And today's class was pretty interesting. Um, We're in the middle of learning about teaching behaviors and how we can basically maximize what we can control, which is what we do as a teacher. Hmm. And so I just wanted to focus on a pretty interesting topic. It's all about praise and how we praise our students and if we should praise our students. Interesting. Okay. I've I know a little bit about the subject, just being a mom and what's come out in recent years about what to do and specifically what not to do. So I wonder if it's the same as what you do in the classroom. Actually, some of the articles we got were about parenting, which I was like fascinated by the comparison between how you are as a parent and how you are as a teacher. And there's a lot of similarities. And so I think Mm -hmm. you will find that a lot of what you've heard does apply to the classroom. Um, So let's start with just what is the purpose of praise? Like what are the benefits? Let's think of all the positives that our kids get. So when you're telling a kid, great job, you know, what are those benefits they're getting out of it? Mm. Well, to praise a kid, you want them to continue doing what they're doing, right? Uh, So that it, continues to produce positive outcomes in whatever they just did. Yeah. So it increases their confidence. It encourages them to keep trying and keep working harder. Right. Um, Yeah. So the idea is you're making it a more friendly environment. It's inclusive. It's welcoming. Maybe you're letting the students know you like them, right? It's like positive. Great job. You're doing good. Um, but let's move to the negative. So you probably already have some ideas and sounds like you've done some research as a parent on you know, mm-hmm. how you should praise your kids. So what are some downsides? Well, so good job is the like trigger word for when most people have heard of this in research as being a parent, like good job isn't very specific. So that's I think that's like the one thing they tell you not to say is that, (laughs) can I jump there? Sure. (laughs) Which I catch myself doing all the time. Like, good job doing that. And then I'm like, Oh, should I have said that? But then I think you can kind of correct a little bit. So saying good job is not specific enough because you're not telling them what behavior. Um, You're also focused on the thing that like the result instead of the process, Mm, which mm -hmm there's a a lot to say about that. So um, those are the main negative things I know of. Yeah. And one thing that I feel like both of us can relate to 
is praise dependency. So being dependent on that praise. Ooh. And so once you start giving out those good jobs, uh, a great example the professor gave was she walks into a classroom and does a lesson. And at the end, you know, she thought it was a great lesson. All the kids were like, where's my stamp? She's like, oh. what stamp. And they're like, we get a stamp for being good. And she was like, uh, what are you talking about? And so every class they had been trained, if they did a good job, they got a stamp. Intrinsic versus extrinsic, is that the word? Motivation, right? So what motivates you to work harder? Is it something from inside, like, I'm so curious about this content versus I want that stamp. I want that sticker. Hmm. So is it bad to have rewards? So there's kind of the fine line that you're walking, right? And I was thinking about my after-school program where we use a lot of rewards. Um, we feed the kids. That's why they keep coming back. We have this NASA field trip at the end, which is a big motivator for the students. Um, but if you keep having these motivators and you keep getting these kids to rely on that, they're missing out on the process of just wanting to learn and understanding the content. And she says, you know, sure, wanting to have a stamp or a sticker isn't a big deal, but how does that manifest when you get older and you have the pressures of, I have to get an A in order to get into college and get a scholarship. And you have all these extra mm. stresses um, or wanting to al always please your parents, right? Yeah. And you're just so stressed about those things and maybe not focused on what really matters is you understanding the content and enjoying learning. And you kind of lose that when you're so dependent on this needing to please others instead of pleasing yourself. Yeah, that makes sense. But so I'm just thinking back to my kids and their school. Mm -hmm. uh, when my oldest daughter was in kindergarten, they would get a sticker every day if they didn't misbehave. And then they'd also get a sticker every day that they did their homework. So I could see that I could see both sides. I can see like what you're saying, but also aren't you still praising the effort, which is what the goal should be, I think, of praise if they're giving it a, re a reward for their behavior effort or their homework effort? Yeah, I think that's a good point. And there's different types of praise, right? You know, like giving the sticker is one thing versus how we started the conversation was the verbal praise right. of great job. And one of the articles I read on parenting was saying, you're so smart and emphasizing mm -hmm. how smart a kid is. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're saying yes, because you probably learned or read some of the same information about yes if you keep emphasizing how smart a kid is and then all of a sudden they get stuck on something they think they're not smart enough anymore versus oh wow you work so hard you figured it out you know that process is so important to validate that and it keeps them motivated and having that perseverance what we talk a lot about in the engineering design process right like right. keep persevering and you sometimes get those gt gifted and talented students that get stuck and they're like, I just need to know the right answer. Why can't I figure this out? Because they're used to just being told you're so smart, you know, great job. And all of a sudden they're stuck because it's a new type of problem they've never been faced with. Yeah. And then they would equate their failure to stupidity, right? Exactly. Where is, so the, the goal is to be able to praise their effort or the process, like you're saying, what we focus on a lot in engineering design process. And then if they fail, then they attribute that failure to a lack of effort and not just something that is just 
intrinsic to them, right? Mm -hmm. And so then they would perceive that to be something that they can correct, something that they can work harder on or learn more if that's the issue. Exactly, right. And letting students know that it's okay to fail. You just Mm -hmm. have to get right back up there. Engineers fail all the time and we have to learn from those mistakes. And it's not about how smart you are. It's all about that grit and perseverance and working through the problem and critical thinking and problem solving. Those are the skills that you're going to learn that get you through it. And so it's great to, you know, have smart kids, but maybe we should focus less on that and more on how we can build them up to be better. And so I think that translates both to the classroom and to as a parent. Yeah, definitely. And that's so hard to do. I mean, in the moment, you just want to compliment somebody. So usually, and I hear this a lot with uh, parenting girls, especially people say, do not compliment them on how they look, but it's so hard to do. You see a cute kid and you're like, oh, you're adorable. I love your dress. (laughs) I love your bow. Like, stop it. So I'm always consciously trying to be like, uh, do you like to read? (laughs) Think of something that we can do. It's hard. So in your class, did you talk about different strategies to focus on that? Yes. She actually gave us three characteristics of praise for it to be effective. So the message wasn't don't praise any children, right? (laughs) It was there are ways to do it where we don't experience the, the downsides of kids getting dependent on it. We also didn't talk about it becoming meaningless that the teacher is always like, good job, good job, good job. Mm-hmm. The kids just tune it out or they see it as hollow, not meaning anything. It loses its value. And so there was these three characteristics that she said it has to have for it to be effective. Okay. The first one is unexpected. And so you don't want to get have kids desensitized to you constantly saying, um, great job. You want it to be in a way where they're not expecting it. So it becomes more sincere. Mm. And the second one you mentioned is specific, right? So good job is not specific, but what did they do good at? Thinking of an example, um, maybe you noticed a student who was really good at sharing. So we're talking more about the behaviors, um, building up those social behaviors. Um, They did a great job sharing with their partner and they're not normally good at that. And so that's, you can praise them for that because it's unexpected, specific. And the third one is private. You don't want to call them out in front of the whole class. Because that just brings in a whole other layer of issues um, because then you'll have favorites, right? Well, why are they getting praised? Or maybe you're only praising students who are struggling. And so now it's pointing out that they have lower expectations um, compared to the other students. And it just complicates the classroom dynamics. Interesting. And so I was like, wow, that makes so much sense. And when you kind of stand back and think about it and all the teaching videos that she's shown us that have been positive teaching have had zero praise. So the teacher has remained neutral whenever a student says something, it's a very neutral response. Um, so maybe a student sees something and they'll may usually respond with, why do you think that is? Or mm. kind of throwing it back at them and using their idea in the next question. Or, you know, it's kind of giving them that confidence by I acknowledge what you're saying. And then taking that idea and moving forward with it is a 
kind of different way of praise, um, but this specific type of praise, like, you know, I saw you share in the classroom, great job. I wanted to commend you for that is something that needs to be done in private for it to really be effective um, for the student and kind of to maintain that classroom dynamic. Right. That makes sense. I think I always kind of perceived it as you want to make an example of that behavior. And so you say it out loud to encourage everybody else to do it. But that makes more sense that it would be more effective if you did it privately. That's really interesting. And to, to elaborate on what you said about kind of throwing the question back at them, that's something that I read about in parenting is that you want them to kind of be able to self praise And the way you do that is by asking them questions about their effort or if they had some sort of performance or something, let's say, then you would say, what did you enjoy about that? Or how do you feel about how you did at that? So you're not doing the one that's praising, but they're self-analyzing, be like, well, am I thinking about their effort? You know, Mm -hmm. like, I really enjoyed how that turned out. We sounded really good in this band performance or... I did really well in this soccer game because I stayed focused. Yeah, that's really interesting to be able to use that, those strategies in the classroom. Yeah, and I think we just naturally want to praise students. We feel like we maybe have to, right, to build mm-hmm. that positive environment that we're all striving for, for kids to feel comfortable in our classroom. And so thinking about it more, that's actually going against what you're trying to do (laughs) by constantly throwing out praise that becomes just meaningless. They become desensitized to it. It's not specific enough. So what are you even praising? And then what happens when you don't praise a certain kid, they feel bad, right? It's all these complications that you can just avoid by focusing on these three characteristics. So again, that's something unexpected. So you're not doing it over and over again. You're, you're really waiting for a moment when they're shining, right? Like, wow, I need to point that out to that kid. Um, and they'll remember it, right? Because it's unexpected. Right. And it's specific. So you're calling out the behavior. What you were saying is like, we want to emphasize those good behaviors. So be specific, not like, great job today. Something <laughs> they can control. Yeah, like, great job asking those very thought-provoking questions in science class, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then in private, my perspective on being private was those classroom dynamics. I think controlling that environment, just saying it directly to the student, and then you're not having all that other repercussions that you're trying to avoid by praising somebody in front of the whole class. And so I thought that was really useful, and I'm excited to be able to try this out in my own classroom. Yeah, me too. I'm going to start doing that at home with my kids tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I will too, except mine can't talk back. (laughs) She's starting to. (laughs) So on that with little kids, I do know that you're not supposed to really praise at all. This, which sounds awful, but they said that, or they, scientists, researchers have come out with a study that said that you're supposed to highlight what they did. So you're not even asking, you're obviously not asking a question to a kid that can't really verbalize, but you're saying, oh, you climbed up that ladder all by yourself. And so they start hearing these words and and inside their head, they're thinking, I did it, you know, but you're not (laughs) saying that to them. So that's another way for them to be encouraged by their effort when they're real little. So maybe even before they get in the classroom. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, I'm excited to kind of learn these strategies as my little one grows up and I can 
maybe navigate some of those issues, but I imagine it's really hard to always be catching yourself. Like, am I saying the right thing? Am I asking the right questions? (laughs) Yes, definitely. And we can praise each other as educators, I think, through this as well. (laughs) So I think you're doing a great job, Natasha, at learning and listening to what your professor is saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Claire. And I'm excited to hear um, what our listeners have to say on this topic of praise and how do you use praise in the classroom and do you find it to be important as a part of your teaching or what do you think of these thoughts on what makes praise effective? Yes, definitely. Well, thanks, Natasha. We'll talk to you later. All right. Talk soon. Bye-bye.